I'm interviewing some Sharks players from mine, bro. Mine's on that market in a BBL. Oh, yeah. So sort yeah. of similar. But yeah, I got um, all the guys that do the Instagram for Sharks. That's who I'm interviewing. Mine, oh, so I'm, not, I'm not close yet. Yeah, I'm not close yet, though. Really? Bro, I'm, I'm just getting my modules in now and it's like, I worry about it as a last thing. Yeah, just going to take my chances. I thought this was due on the 20th. So I was like, <laughs> nah, shit. Next month, I'm all right, bro. But I've got an extra 11 days. <laughs> You're right, bro. You're getting in. Thing is, I was like, yeah, forget doing like 8,000 words. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, of course. For, like, mm. When I can just do three of these, make it half an hour each and I'm sorted. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I was able to ask the questions. Obviously, try and go into like a bit of detail, and then yeah, yeah, I've done I've done a few dissertation uh, based interviews anyway, so oh, you know yeah. me, like bro, I can talk for England. I'm yeah, chilling. Sort when I, when I hit something that you want and you're satisfied, move yeah. on. But like, bro, I keep on going. Oh. And then obviously, if there's like a break or whatever, it don't matter because I can just quit. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, shit. Oh, man. Even like now, bro, sitting here is hurting me. I look oh, like I've got God. a trap. Who else there. have you done? What? Oh, so I've done Miles and my boy Ollie from home. Yeah. And then my old coach, who now coaches at uh, Riders, uh, you know, Charmwood. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's the head coach for them. Oh, my, so, the um, bald guy. Huh? The bald guy there, BBL Riders. No, nah, no. Nah, so it's Char- EABL College. EABL College. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's a uh, Lewis Chamberlain. I don't know if you Yeah, know yeah. Him, yeah. I watched them versus uh, Chef College this year. So, like, oh, yeah. Nah, I had yeah. to play against Charmwood in first year anyway, bro. Oh. Loved it. Yeah, they're a good team, to be fair. Yeah. They? They're going to win it all this year. I posted it on my what suits earlier, but really? they're, they're going to win playoffs this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, because what's it? They've got... They're just tough. They have BBL final. Louis, Louis Jordan, who plays BBL, mm. and then they've got like three guys that play D1 on the weekend as well. It's just like when they had Session Russell and yeah, them lot, yeah, like, yeah. they're nice. I was there when... I was at Loughborough when Hosanna was coming through. Oh, my bro. God, bro. Big that body. was an animal. Big body. You want to pick him up for American football, bro? <laughs> I'm you mad. Know, you you know, you know, you know, oh my god! Why is he just transfer sports when he got to the US? Oh, well. yeah. All right, let's get it. Um, oh shit. Hello and welcome to Baller's Diary, episode two. Today I'm here with Max. How how am I forgetting? I've got it. Right. It's alright, bro. Tim. Hello and welcome to Baller's Diary, episode two. Today I'm here with Max Watts, um, chairman of Hallam Basketball. Max, how are you? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Back end of the season, not bad. Been a long season, but we're here now. What's your record so far this season? Uh, so we made a playoff run to the semi-finals, making the last four, uh, getting knocked out by Nottingham Trent. But we're now seven and two in league play with one game left, uh, one game off of winning the whole title, making the playoffs. So. It's a good season so far. So uh, what got you into basketball? Uh, I think I didn't really play sport um, like at all in comparison to my little brother growing up. Um, When I was about 12, 13, uh, I was in like a lower ability group for PE. And uh, basketball was the one sport in the rotation, in the curriculum that like I felt a competitive edge in. I didn't didn't feel competitive in in cricket, football, rugby, anything like Mm -hmm. that. Not really. Like, I just wanted the time to finish. But whenever we had basketball in the rotation, I wanted to stay on. I just enjoyed myself. Um, and one of my teachers, he had nothing to do with basketball, just pushed me a little bit to join a club or try and find a club or play elsewhere. Even starting a school team, like, we didn't have a school team, so he just wanted me to play. So, yeah, PE teacher um, and just finding a sport, finally that my brother didn't play yeah. um, was it for me. So, like, finding something that I could sort of, 
beat him up physically. I, I was a gamer, bro. I was yeah. a gamer. Yeah. Like when I was younger, that was it. I was just sat in my room all day. Mm-hmm. Um, but basketball was the one sport where I was like, hey, I'm actually enjoying this. So, so would you say that your PE teacher was a role model or did you have like an NBA role model like most people? So my PE teacher was a role model to me. Uh, I lived in a small town when I first started playing. So I didn't really have like local role models at a club per se before I was there. Uh, I'd say as a UK-based player anyway, it was more uh, online, bro. Finding yeah. like online YouTubers, that was it yeah. for me. But 2012, like YouTube wasn't as big as what it is now. It was Dev in the Lab, if you don't know. Devin Williams uh, in the Lab had a series. He had like a, a Webisode series mm-hmm. um, where he trained high school players. Oh, yeah. And he, that to me, was he was a big role model there, like turned his life around, now makes a living there, being a trainer. So... Yeah, online, Devin Williams in the lab. That was my role model. And would you say that how you play the sport now is related to what you were watching back then? Yeah, so when I first started playing, I didn't have a coach to sort of direct me um, oh, based in a like smaller town that I was living in. Um, closest club to me was like 25 miles away. So I didn't start playing until two years after I picked up a ball. All I had was a small court and YouTube. So anything that I saw them doing, like isolating, doing crossovers, like nothing flashy, but Americanized um, ISO ball. That's what I was practicing every time I went. Not intentionally, but like subconsciously, I was just practicing that. Um, So going against the norms of European ball when I first started, but, you know, sort of changed when I got a coach. Definitely. And um, would you say... Well, what would you say are your biggest obstacles that you've had to face coming through uh, up until you create, play in your playing career up until now? Uh, I'd say it'd be travelling um, and just like being able to find a club that suits you. Um, yeah. I was blessed enough when I was younger to go to a club where the head coach was senior head coach at Wales. Oh, uh, yeah. This is in Norfolk. This is like east of England. So he was far away. He hadn't been appointed yet. He was going to be appointed the same season that I joined. Um, but he was a really good coach. And we weren't a National League side, but we had a lot of European guys living out there, very like diverse communities. Oh, so yeah. 75% of my teammates were Eastern European. Yeah. So they have, they've been playing since they came out of the womb. Yeah, you know, they, they, they've been playing their whole career. Um, so I picked up a lot of things from them. Yeah. Um, but barrier-wise, like I'm going to go into it a little bit it was traveling. How do you convince your parents in the UK to travel with 25 miles there, mm. wait two hours for your training, 25 miles back for a sport that to them is, is dying. Like, it's not yeah. a big sport. It's like a social thing. Yeah, literally. So would you say growing up with that Eastern European influence of the team that you were playing in before has molded your game to be more Eastern European? Because obviously the NBA's got more like the flashy players yeah whereas the Eastern European and like Spain and that is obviously more fundamental yeah you'd argue it's like less athletic the game looks less athletic definitely more physical um though like like you get battered in training but it's just more like they they would make less mistakes than say a team somewhere in Cambridge of of guys that are all British that play football um the European team make way less mistakes or they take it a little bit more seriously if you make a mistake. So I was sort of embedded into this culture of um, 
guys that from 14 took it really serious even though we weren't a national league team yeah. like they were they were really just trying to help out and i had some hard training sessions as a british guy going to those sessions i had some hard sessions yeah because we're not supposed to be able to play ball yeah. so uh yeah I had, to, I had to learn quickly but yeah more european style um but obviously when i first started playing i, I had a nice blend i think of both like if i want to get a bucket at a scrimmage i'd go to like a u.s style but I love playing for a team that has like a European style. So what's made you obviously make the change of being from Norfolk coming to Sheffield now? Because obviously, I guess there's a lot less Eastern European mm, players mm. up here than there would be down there. Yeah. Um, so I'm lucky enough, my coach is Argentinian. Ariel was Argentinian. So he has that um, flavour from like, where he's coached overseas, where he's played overseas, yeah. uh, assistant coach at a BBL franchise here as well. So like he has a similar play style when we run sets, but he's really open. So um, yeah, man, I'm just all ears are training, but you know, you've got to be able to adapt, especially if I don't have a crazy scoring role or I don't make a crazy like scoring impact. Yeah. I've got to be able to listen and adapt how I lead a team mm. as a point guard. Definitely like making more plays for other people. Yeah, yeah. I've got to understand everything like back to front, as especially we're going to talk about like being the shortest, shortest guy on the team, like yeah. being able to make decisions. I've yeah. got to be able to adapt my game. Definitely. So, like you said, being the shortest guy on the team, do you find that it's more in-game you have to find solutions or do you go into a game thinking this is what I definitely need to do just make sure I can do this um so my role right now especially playing at the level that I do is facilitating the ball and okay. like I'm a humble person in terms of just being able to take that as a role I'm never going to try and do something out of my comfort zone yeah. like go and score 20 yeah. like I'm always trying to do what I can for the team because we have guys that can score the ball we have guys that that's their role um but it's it's more a training thing. I'd say I'm in a position that I am now because whenever I'm at training, like I make an impact um, in terms of just leadership and making sure that everyone's good to go, making sure that everyone can work hard. Yeah. Um, that does come from experience and like my background, the guys that I've trained with before, but yeah, just consistency in making sure that everyone can blend together yeah. and, it, and explaining things to people. If I can't do it physically, like all the time in training, I've got to be able to explain it. Yeah, definitely. Do you find that when your team is working together well, you get better results? Or is it, would you say it's based on who you When the with? energy's high, like we, can, oh, we okay. can do something that's not even by the book or something yeah. that you that is essentially bad basketball in terms of fundamentals. But as long as the energy's high, I think any team finds success. As long as like you can be in a deficit in a game, like you can be losing by 10. But if every bucket you get or every stop that you get, everyone's off their feet on the bench and clapping, you're in a good position. Definitely. So with the looking back at you saying the physical side of it um, when you were growing up and the European um, aspect mm. of your game, do you think looking at the NBA that that is that starting to go away as well? I think in the NBA, people care less. Um, I got told something when I was 17 that made me completely look at the NBA like differently. Yeah. I still respect it. You know, it is still the best athletes in the game play in the NBA. Like, yeah, if you want to do something, it's just, uh, like, non-negotiable the best players are there. Um, he said when I was 17, this is a county, 
the NBA is a uh, entertainment league. Yeah. He said that yeah. one time to all of us, and I was like, was that your coach he's so that? right. All right. It was just a county coach, like temporary, oh, yeah. just over this. I had him for six to eight weeks. Oh, okay. Uh, but he was good. He was assistant under 18 GB or something. But he basically said to us, sat down and said, yo, the NBA is an entertainment league. Yeah. And I've like, I really thought about it when I was 17. I was like, yo, he's he's bang on. Yeah. Um. So ever since then, if I was going to show a player a film, to study, I'd make him go to Europe. Um, but in terms of that, like with the NBA, the All-Star game, people mm-hmm. just allow buckets for that because yeah, it's just yeah. the top players doing something. Like, why would we want to watch that yeah. um, when I can just watch him work out or something? If I want to see a, a good display of that, I'd just watch him work out. But regular season, 82 games in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You're going to be good for 82 games. You're going to, you're going to give it 100 for 82 games. Then go in the postseason. That's not how it works. No, nah, definitely not. And um, also, oh, would you say that your play style would fit in better with a European style or a NBA? I think if my capabilities were extremely high, I'd go into Europe I'd say based on athleticism as well like definitely Europe you just yeah. it's the style that I've been brought up with the NBA is cool though but it's just like not serious enough there yeah. are superstars everywhere whereas in Europe um, I'd prefer the culture it wouldn't yeah. even be a playing thing it's just like the fans are more um, I'm going to use the word in it but the fans are more intimate there so like they're so immersed in the clubs yeah, um, yeah. a lot louder just like football culture here um, I just feel like they're always behind teams' backs. But Europe's cool. I'd like to win in Europe. That's yeah. cool. No one cares about NBA Game 7. Not no, really. Nah. I remember when just... um, riders were playing in the European Cup mm. and they went to Turkey or something mm. and my coach was telling me they were setting off flares and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> in like the... In the Stand. in the arena. Yeah, I was yeah. like, wow, that's crazy. Well, it's just like every time the other team gets the ball, they whistle yeah, and like you yeah. can't hear anything. Whereas like... Game seven NBA, you're going to see it on your Instagram the day after, but yeah, that's yeah. it. You're going to see, oh, LeBron had 40 again and he got another tap. Okay. Yeah. But it's weird because, like, uh, the other people I've had on the podcast said they'd prefer to play in Europe as well. But mm. when you look at it, the NBA has the biggest impact worldwide of basketball. Yeah, yeah. So, I just don't feel like me, myself, would contribute enough mm. to that impact, being, being realistic if I could play somewhere. Feel like I'd enjoy Europe on a non-monetary thing. If it was all money, NBA yeah. all the time. So or if the NBA was more serious, oh, okay, if yeah. if every if let's say they had forty games a season, you only play every team twice, or forty-one games even, you only play um, every team twice. I'd rather play in the NBA. Yeah. I feel like they take it more serious. Yeah, definitely. So would it be you'd rather? be a player scoring maybe 12, getting mm. eight assists and a few rebounds mm. in Europe than you would be in like... Two minutes points. a game. Yeah, I'd, yeah, rather, yeah. I'd rather do that in Europe and be a part of great culture yeah. than come off the bench and clap my way yeah, on the yeah, NBA. Yeah. Like, I want to enjoy playing, not just be at the highest level. You want to enjoy what you do. So would you put the BBL over Europe as well or would you still prefer Europe? The BBL, they've just received like a major investment. So it all depends on what they do with this 7 million um, that they've been invested. Um, It's like 777. Like it's an US organization. Um, It's for like a 45% stake in the BBL. Um, It all depends on how that money goes. But it'd be overseas for me. I think 
the barrier that most people face with overseas is family like you yeah, just can't yeah. see them you're always isolated sometimes you don't speak a local language as well yeah i guess that'll be hard. um so you know that is a barrier especially if your teammates also don't speak english like really yeah, difficult yeah. but bbl there's just not enough money there no. and, and the competition thing as well um I, I had this conversation yesterday with someone you can't follow a team in the bbl because there's three different competitions during the year mm. and whenever they post on social media it's always different records so like riders might be 10 and 0 in um the championship but they might be like three and one in the cup or yeah. they, they could start off season zero and two in the trophy or whatever yeah. there's like so many different competitions would um what do you think then could improve the culture and the skill level or in involvement in basketball in the uk in the uk um all starts on marketing strategies on social media but it is getting better um like we just had this conversation i'm heavily interested myself in finding out more about how do we increase the culture or where does the culture stem from here yeah it'd be taking a leaf out of a european team book yeah. um but not just using it as a blueprint like make it your own yeah yeah you need to have opportunities for fans to be able to get in the door for free. Like no one's paying fourteen pounds to go watch sharks no, in, in a game. Like no one's doing that. Even students, their student rate is like one pound less. Yeah. Like you, you will not convince you to do that. People need to be able to get in the doors and get involved. More halftime stuff. Take longer at your halftime. Get fans involved. That's it. Yeah. We've got arenas, which is really good. Like I think that's good. Commonwealth would be really good as well for the culture. But like you know, a long way to go, yeah. So say if you were put in charge to improve Sheffield Sharks, like social media and uh, fan engagement, what would you do? It'd be standard posts for me and making sure you can network with more local business, getting out there into the streets, going to training sessions with people. Um, my whole, and this is very opinionated as well, because yeah, um, I, I've got guys on Sharks that, you know, we work out with in the summer and they're all cool, like, love them to bits. But the issue with that organisation as a whole is their relationship with their junior programme. I think the best clubs in the UK are the ones that have great involvement from their junior kids. Riders, I say this all the time, riders have the blueprint. If you go to a riders game, like BBL game, the fans will be like 40% junior players and their parents that's how you generate like a fan base and because they play they're involved in that culture they're going to bring drums they're going to make noise sharks ask one of the starting five of sheffield sharks who's the best player on your under 16 team who's the coach you're on the 16 team see if they can answer that really see that i think that's the difference involvement with their junior programs do you think that's um like uh, based on the region that they're in though because I know that like being back home in Leicester basketball is being played almost everywhere like every street yeah, park you yeah, yeah. see people playing but Sheffield I've only seen like one or two big parks where people play so we have opportunity for people to play here but there's a lot more indoor than what I think people consider there are a lot of oh, community okay. sessions going on here that are indoors um, you have two big outdoor courts that are basketballing them renovated yeah. in Sheffield like huge like we know Dutches and mill houses um, big motivator for a lot of people to play but there's a lot of clubs in Sheffield people clash for example riders women and men are the same organization but it's Sheffield Sharks and Sheffield Hatters 
are two different organizations. Oh, okay. Hatters are the best women's team in the country mm. or the most successful historically, but they're not a part of the same. You then have Sheffield Elite, Derbyshire Arrows. Um, you used to have a team called Sheffield Swarm a few years ago. So too many different teams, not enough people networking together yeah. to try and build something good. <clears throat> so being as Sheffield's only got, like I said, those two outdoor courts, what do you think they could do to improve the culture just in based in Sheffield? So every summer, I'm going to use this as a blueprint, every summer I enter a 3x3 tournament that's a national tour called Ball Out, um, right? 3x3 up and coming format for, for basketball in the UK. Sheffield isn't on their list for the tour, but they go to loads of cities, let's say seven or eight cities in the UK and host like, a major 3x3 tournament under 16s under 18s recreational men elite men and women's so you go to this tournament they've got music throughout the whole arena um they'll always have like a drink sponsor so they'll be dishing out like um you know like plant-based whatever here and there like is really well marketed like really well shared within clubs all the time um so they go everywhere. If I was going to grow the culture in Sheffield, it'd be fundraisers. Yeah. Uh, or not fundraisers in like doing stuff outside the ball, but you need to host events, mm. like more events, have a 3x3 tournament. Uh, Hallam had ideas to do this before. Don't have closed scrimmages. <laughs> like try get a double sports or invite loads of people yeah. out with music for, for a day, for example. Um, more consistency. You can't just have one big event and then bang, the culture's changed. Yeah, it needs to yeah. be a day in, day out. When you go to the park in the summer, there's got to be music. There's got to be like loads of water out there, um, a place for people to sit when they're playing, and it's not all competitive. Yeah. It's better vibes, yeah. right? That's it. Do you think having something like an AAU setup in the UK would also improve like the culture, how it does in the in America? I think AAU is great in America, just in terms of like offers and exposing yeah. people, letting them do their own thing out of a system. Um, we, I'd say the closest thing we have to that here is Aspire with Sport England, um, so county, regional. Yeah. You play for your county, so you play for um, South Yorkshire, then you play for Yorkshire and Humber, yeah. then you play for Team GB if you're a Sheffield-based. That's like the closest thing you have to it. You know, mm. you get to play with people from other clubs, but AAU in the US is great. Um, but there's just not... A strategy there like yeah. in the uk right now people don't know where to start Definitely, um yeah. who's going to start an organization for AAU? you know like yeah. that's a hard thing to do in the summer or get money for to travel i guess it'd be probably down to the bbl wouldn't it or maybe mm-hmm. even hoops fix but they did their own all-star game didn't they yeah they i've been there been. i've been there a few times and i'll i'll even touch on that the culture wise if you want a blueprint hoops fix all-star classic i went in 2018 and 2019 Brixton Rec Center. Was that to watch? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's crazy. You've got a packed bleacher mm-hmm. in a. I think it's just bigger than a double sports hall. You've got the best junior guys. All of the sideline and baseline are filled. Like yeah. people standing behind each other. They're selling merch. It's live streamed. Branding on the court makes the difference. Yeah. When the court's who's fixed branded, like it's just renovated an outdoor court as well. Yeah. Um, but for the culture, that was great. I think funding-wise, though, it, as a sport development student as well, it's Sport England getting involved. Like, as an organisation, they have yeah. the money. The government give them the money. They need to give it to Basketball England and say, look, use this money on a summer competition yeah. for, for high-level players. That's what it is. 
almost need to like double your funding probably to yeah. be able to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's fixed. Okay, so that hoops fixing though, would you say that was based on it being in London? Uh, players come from everywhere for this. So the mm-hmm. players that get invited are from all EABL teams. There are some guys from like ABL, Cameron Hildreth being, oh, yeah. being one of their greater players from ABL. Um, they invite your top 24 all down to this game, Team Black versus Team White, um, with EABL coaches as well. So like like we mentioned earlier, Chan Woods is usually involved, like head coach of Chan Woods, head coach of Myersco, head coach of Barking. Obviously, there are a lot of good setups in London. And I'd, I'd argue like 50%, 60% of the crowd are local. Yeah. Because um, there are definitely people that don't have their foot in the door that show up. It's cheap. It's like £5 a ticket. Mm. So I pay £5 to go to an all-star game. But yeah. I have to pay 15 to go to a BBL, yeah. like competition one. But I go there. Um, usually people coming from out of town, your attraction is, a you know, it's a day out yeah. in London. And that's big. Not trying to sound like a tourist, but like that's like, you want to do it. It's a summer yeah. activity, you know. 100%. So speaking on Cameron Hildreth then, do you think there could be more players who can find a pathway to colleges in America or maybe even making it to the NBA or do you think they need to base funding on or put more funding into something like that? Uh, it's, I, I feel like getting offers is all about who you know. Mm. Um, so with Cameron, like, he was killing it as an under-16. He was a Hoops Hoops All-Star as a year 11. So he's already came into like this stage with all the best guys that are 19 years old going to the US. Um, He had his first season in college playing D1 NBL, which is pretty much pro in the UK, um, and putting up numbers at the second best league in college. Final year of college, COVID hit madness. Mm -hmm. Like we don't know what his career is going to do. But he started playing BBL as like a year 13 and he's getting minutes as well. First game, he hit a game winner, I think. First game in BBL, he had like 15 points in a game winner. And he just played there all season, had his tapes, received interest. He did bits in a GB European, like uh, junior championships. Just did bits. It's just about who you know, but I'd argue... um, the social media from his club, in it was in Sussex. He's a part of Sussex Storm. Yeah. They were doing a madness on social media, like 4K videos during games. They had guys on the baseline that would upload like 4K clips to their Instagram all the time. Wow. And that was huge. Like, I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm sure they were almost like club of the year yeah. for social media. And they're just like a, just a national league team. They're just another national league team. But that made the difference. That's how you get noticed. Yeah, it's all about exposure. Mm-hmm. So we'll finish up then on your favourite all-time NBA. So it's just, it's not about who would Who's play the best, the best together. Yeah, it's yeah, literally yeah. just position by position, who would you have as the best? But they've got to be in position. So you can't have LeBron at point guard. Oh, point. no, of course. No, I'd never do that anyway. I'm going to go, I might go with like two ones though and just oh, move yeah. them to the two. But that's fine. I'll, I'll justify it. Um, this is a really difficult one, but I, I'm going to say for the culture who I'd have it, right? Alan Iverson at the one. Okay. Because, like, I don't think... Have you seen Iverson on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thing, crazy. Like, I don't think people understand how much he did for the culture, yeah, bro. Definitely. Like, had a crazy career, but, like, he impacted the game. I'm saying not near MJ, but, like, similar, bro. Yeah, like, like, on a similar level. Iverson at the one, 
Um, I'm gonna. I am gonna put in MJ because I know I'll get battered if I don't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, MJ at the two. This is going to be well similar to everyone else's. MJ at the two, just a culture thing, not because he's influenced me the most, but because yeah. I know how much he's done for the culture. Yeah. Um, Kobe being, Kobe being at a three, um, like there's there's no debate on that. Like favorite player, hey LeBron. LeBron can be a four. LeBron's been playing a four Ooh, all season, okay. so don't worry about okay. that. Um, Kobe being at the three, like if I want to, if I ever want motivation, I got him tatted and everything. Like if I want motivation, I'm going to Kobe, bro. He's he's yeah. a great guy, like great player, historic, and his work ethic as well. That that's what it is. If anyone's ever looking for a role model in the league, yeah, like even though I can bash the NBA all I want, Kobe Bryant. Um, four, it's Le- it is LeBron. People are going to batter me as well, yeah, because I don't know how they feel about the whole MJ LeBron debate. Mm. But, like, to me, LeBron is the greatest of all time because I, I didn't grow up with MJ. Yeah, I, okay. That's why yeah, I didn't yeah. grow up with MJ. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how good he was. I don't know how good, like, I, I understand when, if I speak to, like, say my dad was involved in ball, I understand if Jordan was the best. I'm sure even if I ask my parents, they don't watch ball, but, like, they know who Michael Jordan yeah. is. He's that legendary in the game. But I didn't see him play. Yeah. I, did, I can't say anything. I've seen I've seen the last dance. I get it. Like, mm. crazy guy. But LeBron, to me, 6'8", six, 6'9", six, like, yeah. 130 kilo, still athletic at, like, 37 years old, being able to, like, revert, do that, like, windmill reverse in transition. He had, he had 50 the other night, right? He had, like, 50, 60 yeah, the other night. It's crazy. He's, he's old. I wish I could even move like that at that age. Literally. Um, I'd still be trying to get there at that age. <laughs> I uh, guess the only problem, just quickly, with the MJ situation for me was, I guess, the skill and technical ability of basketball of overall yeah. is a lot lower than what LeBron... Defensively, I argued this, right? And I had this debate with my housemate the other day. Like the defense, I get it. He was getting clotheslined, and yeah, like people yeah. were, people were like literally in trying to injure him mm. out of bounds. But that's not basketball. But if no, people yeah. are actually guarding like one on one ass, they're yeah, just not yeah, good. Like not like one on one defense, if they're playing league when they're not trying to injure him, just wasn't as good. No. If people are getting into the league nowadays. You think of um, you got that Paolo from Duke coming into the league. I'm trying to think of like a. Um, a rookie, John Moran, yeah, just got into the league yeah. two years ago. Have you seen that guy jump? Yeah. He's just gotten into the league. You mm. think of a rookie back then, like when Jordan was there, bro, like mm. 6'2", can barely dribble, yeah. like no bunnies <laughs> at all. But like every rookie in the class nowadays, Isaiah Thomas was a 60th pick. Yeah. And he had a crazy season at like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, yeah. That is um, crazy being that tall though, being able to do that. <laughs> Like, you think that's a player nowadays, or you see your high schoolers, bro. Mm. You see Zion Williamson when he was peaking in high school compared to, like, the best high school recruit when Jordan was there. Zion's crazy, like, crazy good. There's, like, no competition. Um, Like, no debate in my mind that, like, the average player nowadays compared to the 90s is, like, Mm. just on a different level. Definitely. Um, I'd argue there are players at the university level in the UK that would be in the league in the 90s. Really? They'd be in the league in the 90s. I can't lie. That's interesting. Top, top uni, like Prem uni, 
starting mm. five, like guys that are affiliated with BBL. Yeah. I know you could have been in the league in the 90s, bro. I can't lie. Just based on skill, a, a nice blend of skill and athleticism. I see no reason why not. Because they have the there. Jordan's the best, but they play different. Mm. I'd say if, yeah. I'd say yeah. if they were also playing in the 90s with that bounce and skill. Yeah. You're telling me if LeBron played in the 90s, he wouldn't find a way. Yeah. He wouldn't just like play with that day in day out and figure out because he's a strong guy bro yeah, people write LeBron off but like he's a strong guy mm. my five oh, this this is the hardest position for me because like I'm not big yeah and I don't oh actually before you give the centre go on I've got to argue with you on the power forward because you got to, you're passing up like Dirk Timmy D just I, to move I, I can't pass really? that's fine by me that's oh, fine by me and I respect their games yeah, they are yeah. great players but like LeBron is is my guy. Yeah, like Timmy yeah. D, I bro, I was young when he was killing it. I was young. I know he had a great run with um with the Spurs. Like he had a fantastic run, like very successful team. Dirk, I didn't see him beat, beat Kobe. No, I, I didn't see him beat Kobe. So I know I know that was like one of the best championships ever. Mm. Did you um, see him beat LeBron? That's oh sorry, LeBron. LeBron but it's yeah, like, but yeah. I don't even know because yeah, I didn't yeah, see it because yeah, I wasn't yeah, young. True. Because I, I wasn't old enough. I wasn't in the league. I wasn't, like, watching it yet. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know how great he is. But, like, Le- LeBron's in there for me because I just can't see a stop for him. Love Tim Duncan's game, though. Like, no yeah. disrespect to them. Uh, my five. I'm going to say it because he's such a personality. Um, and, like, teammates of another guy on the list. Oh, OK. Yeah. I, I think we know where I'm going here. Like, Big Diesel. Yeah. Big Diesel, Shaq, like... I do rate that choice. And, and there are, like... There are some other bigs out there that are crazy. I'd, I'd have loved to have seen a Will. Yeah. Because yeah, of the stories that you hear about, like... He, you know, he played on um, Team USA's volleyball team in the Olympics. No, I didn't know that. Will, Will played on, like, <laughs> Team USA volleyball Olympics. He did... He did, like, long jump for Team USA Olympics yeah. as well, like... He what said, was he, 7 1 and he had like yeah, a 52 inch vertical. 7 1 crazy vertical. He had um it was 40 yard dash as well. He had a really good 40 yeah. yard dash time. Um he did he did it with NFL. Yeah, just or he did it with whatever organization, but he um I don't know whether it's changed, but he did a combine. Yeah. Even his uh, bench, even his 100, 100 225 bench, like crazy numbers. So I'd have sorry, I'd have loved to have seen um uh, will play because yeah. obviously he had a hundred point game too. But yeah, like, crazy. I don't know. I never saw Kareem. I don't know how good he is. No. Uh, I'm, I'm not being Hakeem crazy mm. footwork. I didn't get to see him. True. I didn't get to see him. Yeah. Shaq is just one of those guys that like, if a five is coming up on my social media for highlights, it's him. It's him. Yeah. Big body, unguardable, and like his, you know, his athleticism wasn't crazy, but like strong as hell yeah, could still get off the ground like you just you just can't stop him I'd love to play with a player like that second he, three assists in it really. second, second he touches the ball inside you're getting an assist that's Literally. it whereas other bigs are like his footwork and I can't mm. put Yanis at the five I'm not doing nah, that nah. I'm not doing that nah. um, it's surprising that he's not on my five but I think by the end of his career he could definitely be like close I'm not I'm not going to lie really? Like, really consider Yanis for a second but who's he who would you take out for him it, it would be MJ, you know. Really? Just because I don't, because I didn't see him. But I'm seeing Yannis. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. seeing Yannis. But if I had to pick a five, I might, I might take out AI and put like MJ at the one. Yeah. Um, Because he is, he's a, he is only a two, but I'll probably take out AI. 
Uh, if I wanted like a successful five, but yeah. Giannis, like really, really considered him for a second. Mm. You're talking seven foot. I don't care what anyone says, like, bro, that guy's seven foot. Yeah. Long as hell wingspan. Athleticism is through the charts. You've seen the glow up. Yeah. Every, he's a ladies' man. You've seen the glow up. <laughs> um, but like, just unstoppable. You know, I see this thing the other day. It was like Korean. Korean basketball rules mm. on my Instagram. I'm sure loads of people saw that where it's like a dunk is worth like eight points. What? A dunk is worth like eight points. Oh no, um, any shot that's made in the last three seconds of the game is worth eight points and a dunk is worth like five. And I just see the stitch of it on TikTok that was like, bro, Yanis would average an easy 50 ball. Yeah. He's just banging everything <laughs> all the time. Really entertaining guy, bro. I just And he can shoot. So crazy. Started, he, started. he started. Well, yeah. I'm saying he can make a jumper if he's open. Yeah. Unlike Ben Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. Unlike Ben Simmons. That's but um, like considering Yanis, I'm saying he's on his way mm. to a really successful career, bro. He's already got a chip as well. Yeah, true. So, like, true. Chilling. He won Defensive Player of the Year and MVP in the same season. Who's doing that? Yeah, that's a big Jordan. So like we're gonna make that comparison yet? Yeah, or like when are we doing that? True, true. That's my five. Who do I say? AI. AI, MJ, Kobe, LeBron, and Shaq. That's it. I rate That's it, it to me. Culture it. thing. It's just a culture. Mm. Shaq's a DJ now, bro. Isn't it? He's a DJ, bro. He's just doing his thing. <laughs> Crazy guy. Well, thank you. That's everything for this episode today. And uh, tune into the next one.